Welcome to episode eight of the Bossy Beach podcast. In this episode, I chat to a friend of mine. I feel like everyone is my friend when I introduce them. Um, it's because I just know so many awesome people, which is why I started a podcast in the first place. And if I don't know them, I hunt them down, find them and lure them into being my best friend. Why not? So Rowena Haightley is a life coach and I got wind of this lady over five years ago because she was a lot of people coming to my business, people I admired and I thought were doing pretty good in life and they were raving about this magical woman (laughs) that was guiding them through life and I had to find out who she was for myself and I did just that. And I have been stuck to her like a leech ever since. Rowena is super interesting because she works with all kinds of people, predominantly women, but she does not discriminate. We love the fellas, as we always say. So she works with men too, but she has worked with athletes, for example, the women's Fremantle Dockers team um, and professionals and then just average Joes like me. But at the moment, Rowena is focusing on something that is really a big thing um, for us chicks. And she's putting together a program that focuses on building confidence and overcoming fear, which is something us women are just notorious for, uh, I guess, hindering ourselves with. So since I've started more of a business mentor role, I have noticed that Women really do struggle with a lack of confidence and overcoming a lot of fear. And I find it quite debilitating. What's that word? Is it debilitating? Am I saying it right? Who knows? You know what I mean. But it is a big thing. It's It's a block. And it holds so many people back from doing the things they want to do and getting the things they want to get. And sometimes fear is around you know, worrying about what other people think, um, being scared of failing and, oh, my God, how embarrassing would that be? And also a fear of being successful because if you're successful and then you can get busy or you might be in the limelight and then if you're like me and you say the wrong thing all the time, it's freaking terrifying that you're going to offend someone and end up on the news or get trolled. You know, that shit happens. <laughs> so if you weren't scared of it, now you will be. Anyway, all my jokes aside, it is something that is is huge and it's common and anyone listening that now, I'm sure you can relate in some way. So I really wanted to speak to Rowena and get some tips from her on how women can overcome some of these fears and that lack of confidence so that they can kick us in their life. For me, I had the experience of my business partner and best friend getting very sick. Um, She had a cancer diagnosis that was um, actually a terminal diagnosis. And that that was a life-changing experience for me because when that happened, I just thought, what the hell am I doing? And all those kind of fears just went out the door. I had that moment of life is too short and fuck what everyone else thinks. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to throw myself out there. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to be awesome. (laughs) Anyway, so that was a game changer for me. But unfortunately, you know, I can't give that experience to anyone else. I don't want to give that experience to anyone else. I don't want anyone else to have to go through that to get the learnings from that that I did. 
I want you to figure that stuff out without having someone close to you get sick or a life-changing tragic experience. So I'm going to chat to Rowena and hopefully you can get some tips from her and help remove some of those blocks if you're encountering that and kick ass in your life like you deserve to. Anyway, Rowena is freaking awesome. I love her, of course, otherwise I wouldn't keep her around. So please enjoy episode eight. You're listening to the Bossy Bitch Podcast with Elsa Mitchell. Come along with me as I explore all the remote corners of Australia, uncovering success stories from women killing it in business. I'll inspire you, teach you, and best of all, make you laugh by sharing their journey and mine so that we can grow together in life and in business. Mom, have you seen my pants? Mate, get out of here with the podcast. Okay, today I am chatting with Rowena Haightley, who is an intuitive consultant and life coach. I have worked with Rowena both personally and professionally for about five years. We recently had our five-year anniversary. She didn't even get me anything, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) So I know firsthand how amazing Rowena is and I found her because half of Perth was raving about her in my business. So I absolutely had to find out what all the fuss was about. And you're probably wondering what an intuitive consultant and life coach is. And for me, that means that Rowena has helped me find solutions, I guess, like I said, personally and professionally, to problems that I I couldn't find solutions for myself and she's helped me move forward in my life and given me clarity I guess Um, sometimes especially when you're in business I think you can get too close to situations and you can't see another path so I have found that Rowena has most definitely helped me see a path that I wouldn't have been able to see otherwise Um, but basically just to be super blunt I feel like my life would be in the toilet if it wasn't for you, Rowena. Oh, that's very sweet. <laughs> so thank you so much for uh, chatting with me today and sharing some of your wisdom with um, my listeners. Can you just tell us all a little bit about yourself and share your a little bit of your story? Absolutely. And thank you, Elsa, very much for having me. And it's been a gorgeous five years and we did blow out a candle. <laughs> So um, I grew up in, you know, middle-class Australia with five sisters. Five? So five, yes. Gosh, and I've got one and that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> and this generally uh, creates a reaction from everyone um, and it also kind of leads me on to how women are actually treated and were treated, you know, back in the day for simply being women. And, you know, what I have uh, found reflecting on that is we were often undervalued and um, disempowered simply through being women. And over the course of my lifetime, I have found uh, empowerment through simply through sport, through the journey of life and also through business. I really find that business is a great vehicle for uh, empowerment and my journey is not um, unique. Everyone I come into contact with seems to have a version of I'm not good enough, I'm not heard, I'm not valued, what is empowerment, how do I help myself? And this really is where I'm coming from in, in giving that some clarity because my own journey was just so clouded. And um, so, you know, you grow up with these beliefs that you aren't good enough. <laughs> 
and you're not highly valued and how is it that you turn that around? So true. Yeah. Mm. And can I just ask, do you think this is something that you you definitely see more in women than men? Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) So we've really grown up in a society where men are valued and that's historical and we can't change that. We just need to become more more aware of that and not be blasé about it and also not not uh, be terribly sort of, um, you know, unrealistic. It is going to take time for that to change. Yep. It's not as obvious, but it really is just as pervasive at the moment as what it always was. And, yes, we've got a lot more o- options open to us, but we've still been parented and we're still being brought up with a lot of the concepts of, and beliefs around not being good enough and not being important enough. Yeah, because I know that with me as a business mentor um, and not that you and I work only with women, I know that for a fact mm. that you've worked with some men and mm. you do an amazing, amazing mm. <laughs> job with that too. But I've, I have noticed as a business mentor with women in particular they seem to be, um, it's like very common, they want they want something so bad, they, they want to put themselves out there in their business, but it's like something is holding them back, like a block, like it's obviously fear or lack of confidence. Um, but that is something that I know that you work quite well with with women. So can you maybe share some tips about how you help women overcome those blockages? Yes, I can. Absolutely. So what I find is the root of that really um, stems from, you know, the patriarchal authority figure. And, you know, women growing up, when you are undervalued, you're often then trying to please and get approval from those people who hold authority over you. And that pattern and belief system set up at an early age creates behaviours that uh, you're then often, and you see this all the time with women in business, that they're asking for permission to be good. They're asking for permission to step out and stretch themselves. They're asking permission to be successful. So what my main tip is, is stop asking. Stop looking for someone else to give you a tick of uh, approval. What I often say is no one's standing there with a clipboard checking to see whether you've got all the business foundations in place. You really need to just go, you know what, I'm good enough as I as I am. What I've done is fantastic. I might have other things that I need to do. I'll get to them in, in all in good time. But right now I just give myself permission to be happy with who I am and where I am. And I also give myself permission to be successful and to go forward and to achieve whatever I want, it is that I want to achieve. But I don't need to give myself approval from I don't need to allow other people to approve of what I'm doing I don't need to get their permission to move ahead I need to give that to myself I think um as women we care too much about what other people think sometimes don't we and I know we sometimes feel like everybody's watching and judging most of the time they're probably actually not and the rest of the time who gives a shit if they are? <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because I think you can look at that in two ways. Most people are very self-absorbed and looking at their own issues and their own, um, you know, backyard anyway, and they're not terribly interested in you. <laughs> and the flip side of that is, yes, people do 
comment and judge on what what it is that you're doing but that in a sense can can be I, I like to turn everything around and actually make it um, how's this helping me and make an internal motivation so if you've got a particular uh, worry about being judged or worry about what other people think you you know turn that around and use that as a motivation okay well I'm, I'm worried that people are going to think my Instagram's you know xyz okay well I'm not going to not look at my Instagram. I'm going to use that as motivation to be working on my Instagram, to get it to the point where I feel really happy about it. And that use that motivation to actually help you succeed in business rather than create fear and drop off and not not look at it, not do anything about it. I know that that's something you've said to me lots of times is when something isn't going my way or... Um you know, um, I get an outcome that wasn't desirable. (laughs) Instead of sucking my thumb and crying in the shower, you've always said to say, how does this help me? And I try to do that. Um, And it definitely, it definitely works just to constantly like, okay, how's this helping me? How's this helping me? And trying to use it to your advantage. Okay. It's not meant to be that way, or maybe I'm supposed to be coming at this from a different angle. So I think that is really good advice. And you do that really well. And the two things that um, I think are really common in in our world, in our energy world, is that a lot of things come as a blessing in disguise and divine timing is everything. So blessing in disguise is often we can't see the good in it until, until you know, down the track. Yeah. And that's where you've just got to have faith that the universe is a very – uh, benevolent, uh, intelligent being, and it's always trying to help you, and it's always going to work out okay. So if you can keep the faith and trust in that, then you're constantly looking for that rainbow. You're looking for the blessing in disguise, and it changes your perspective from victim to an empowered woman. Yeah, yeah. And I sometimes that gets hard because sometimes I think, "Fuck the universe! It's just like absolutely messing with me." <laughs> but then I'm lucky because I've had you in my life <laughs> to say, no, no, no. It's to easy. say, pull your shit together. There's a blessing in this. <laughs> Absolutely. Or divine timing. And that's something no. being particular to you is that, um, you know, it is about timing and something that you were telling me about when you first came in, you said, I, I, apparently I said to you, it might well take you five years. Yes. That's something I'd forgotten about, which is actually just coming about to be correct now, isn't it? Yeah, so I um, met with Rowena. We had a sesh the other day and I said to her, do you know the first time I came to you um, for some advice, um, it was five years ago and in that first session I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life and I know I'm supposed to be doing something else but I don't know what and Rowena said to me, well, you know, it could take five years and I was like, five years? Fuck that. I don't have time for that. <laughs> but here it is five years later and you were right. It did take me five years um, to and work it out. beautifully, hasn't it? Yeah, and, and, yes, that divine timing thing, yeah, there might be something to that. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone can take a deep breath. And I think that when you look at any reality show where they're putting pressure on to create a restoration or a build or something, it's the time pressure that mucks with people. So if people can just take that time pressure off themselves, then they'll find that they'll get it done, they'll enjoy it a lot more and they'll just let 
be and and go with the flow which is more of the divine feminine energy go with the flow rather than forcing things to happen and you know life just feels better when you work at that pace yeah but um when I want something I want it right now I love a good but (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) wait so patience is a virtue right patience is a virtue yes um, so Rowena, you actually are pre-COVID. <laughs> We're working with the women's Fremantle Dockers team. Um, so I'm a little bit interested to know about that. And how did you find working with elite athletes, women, female elite elite ugh, the word, elite athletes? How did you find that compared to women in business? Is it, are they different set of issues? Do you have to approach those confidence and fear issues differently? Can you share some of that experience with us? This is a great question. Yes, I worked with the AFLW um, team for two years. And it's interesting, again, one of the things that I like to do is set an intention. So I had set an intention that I wanted to work with really dedicated women. And the opportunity came um to work with the Fremantle Dockers with the AFLW team. And straight away I was struck by the dedication and commitment these girls put into their love of football. So the way I like to describe it is that if you would say to these girls, okay, the oval we've got for you is is dirt and you won't have any shoes but do you want to go out there and have a game, you would be surprised by two things. One of them would be that, They'd all say yes and and have a great time doing it and they'd put their absolute all into that game. And that's the best way uh, I can describe the dedication and commitment that these uh, women show to their love of sport and it is an absolute pleasure to have been around. And even as I'm talking about it, I tear up because... Yeah, I can see. um, (laughs) You know, it it was just so lovely working with these girls What I also found really, really interesting is um, there's the usual suspects that of issues that you find in women. So they devalued their um, abilities. They couldn't see their strengths. They they weren't good at self-promotion. They weren't good at negotiating. So all those things that women in business struggle with, the women in sport struggle with as well. Yeah. So yes, you see different uh, different skills and talents coming through, but again, there's still this bottom line: women aren't taught, and really, they could be taught. Like, how do you know, negotiate a good contract? How do you self promote um, outside of the the sport so that you can leverage off your sport? Yeah, absolutely. And make some money because yeah. this is what these girls these girls were working. Some girls were working, getting up at four o'clock in the morning getting to a a job that, say, started at seven, working all day, often out in the hot sun, coming to training for five o'clock and having to do pre-training stuff too, which is being strapped and massaged and all that, do a training session, have dinner with the team and education and then be home Right, nine nine thirty. And then rinse, rinse and repeat the next day. Rinse and repeat. Absolutely, you have you've not seen dedication like this. It was fantastic to see, but yeah, there was still the same same blocks, baseline blocks. Yeah, and um, totally forgot what I was going to say now. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. I have that effect on. Yes, you do. I was so engrossed (laughs) in your story, but at the end of the day, we all 
try and do things we love, whether it's, um, you know, they're following their, their sport, um, which is their job. And, you know, in business, we start a business usually, hopefully around something that we feel passionate about. And that's great because we're doing something we love, but the reality is it's got to make money. We need money. We need to make money. We need to make money in our business. And so like what you were saying, how they need to learn to leverage and self-promote, like we need to, to you know, that's also something we need to feel confident to be able to do. And it's something I don't think we talk about very much is making money because it's kind of a bit taboo. I don't know why, but it is a fact. And if you're not making profit, you're not in business. And correct. Absolutely correct. Um, it has You have to be making a profit in order yeah. to be growing a successful business. But that's almost, again, one of the concepts that kind of comes through from that, from from growing up is this like, well, you know, getting a pat on the head and don't worry your, your, little, um, your little self about yeah. you know, making a profit. You just go out there and play with your hobby business. Yes. And this is where women, I think, can learn a lot from the footballers uh, that, that they need to demonstrate a greater sense of dedication and commitment to their art to their to their passion to what they're creating and part of that is not being shy to make profit because so many uh, women that have come through the flourish center that I've seen firsthand aren't ballsy enough Mm. to commit to making a profit yeah they don't want to be seen as not being nice or to be seen as being pushy or to put the the uh, need to to collect money or to charge for what they're doing at the forefront and their business falls over so when they say one in five businesses fall over I would love to see the stats on that with women because I would hazard a guess it's three to five yeah yeah Mm. um just before we move on from the football um I know that when the COVID situation happened they're Fremantle women's Dockers team were set to play in the grand final and they cancelled it. Do you think they would have cancelled that game if it was the men's grand final? Okay, I love a so Say what you really think, Rowena. <laughs> I am going to say what I'm really think. It just might take me <laughs> half an hour to get it out. I'll just clarify what happened. Um, Fremantle were, were due to play eight games in the season and they'd played six and they were currently undefeated and when COVID hit they had a choice of playing out the the next two rounds or going straight to finals they went straight to a semi-final which we then won Mm -hmm. and so there were four teams left back left in the competition what happened at that point is they decided to call it quits and I understand there's lots of complexities around this and it was a very complex issue and no one had dealt with this before, but this is what I found extremely interesting and this I think says a lot about the male-female inequality in Australia is that we played, um, we had played two months of uh, football, we had done two months or three months of training, so we had dedicated five months to this season yep. to expect and get an outcome. The guys stumped up and played one game and the AFL said, yep, we're going to see that season through to the end. Sorry, ladies, that's it. <laughs> You're done. You're done. So we got no outcome we, and, we, you know, over the course of the year we could have played and, again, this is contractually the girls out of contract middle May 
but there is still an option and there's options to replay those games at the start of next season so that you get an outcome. But this is the way the women were just dropped. There wasn't a solution attached that to me gave a plausible outcome. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I find there's just this massive inequality. Yes. Well, my husband and I had the biggest debate about that because I said, oh, I bet you if it was the men's team, they wouldn't have just cancelled it like that. And his argument was, of course they would have. I was like, nah, nah, they wouldn't have. (laughs) They would have have found a better way and they would have found a solution. Oh, it was a dead-end argument, let me tell you. Mm. (laughs) And we will never know. And we will (laughs) never know. We know, we know. So moving along, I do find um sometimes women might be finding that fear is blocking them but maybe they don't realize that it's fear that's blocking them so can you kind of say maybe what other signs that this is something you could be that could be happening to you like I know for me I spend a lot of time procrastinating procrastinating is number one (laughs) I think everyone just went yeah (laughs) the other one that I think everyone can relate to is busyness. It's a word I don't like to use myself. And if someone says, how are you? I rarely say I'm really busy. I I don't like that uh, that word because I think it suggests that you've got so much going on that you can't dedicate time, energy and resources to what it is that you really want to be doing. And that's what I see a lot of people actually use busyness to cover up what they would love to be doing. So it would be great if you love your business and you're busy and um, there's a lot happening in it, fantastic, but that's really the case. Really the busyness is, oh, yeah, I've got, I'm scattered. I've got so much going on with, you know, the kids, husband, you know, um, three other jobs that I'm doing, the housework that, yeah, I do have this love of uh, this business that I want to get off the ground, but I've just got too much going on. That to me is a really uh, number one sign. So you then get you get the busyness, you get the pro- which is um, brought on by the procrastination, and you also get then overwhelm because mm. you're scattered and your energy is <laughs> going to so you're many. Describing things. me, <laughs> <laughs> and and, it, and and it's me, and it's you know you know everyone can relate to it, and we need to take the judgment off it, and we definitely need to say you've done nothing wrong. You know you are find just the way you are it's just to bring that awareness up so that you can start making wiser choices yeah so I really believe that you need to dedicate your time you need to dedicate your energy and you need to dedicate your resources to bring about what you want to bring about so if that's not in alignment with your busyness you need to start making some choices and this is where I find that COVID actually did help a lot of people because they sat back, they got a little bit of space, they didn't feel like the world was rolling on without them and they started to recognise what things that they could cut so that oh. they could dedicate more time to, to the to the, their passions. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I know for me, uh, back, back five years ago, Rowena, um, saying to you, I really wanted to start this another business I already had my business that I'd had for 10 years or whatever and I was like I really want to do this other thing which is the thing that I'm doing right now and I was like I don't have time I literally don't have time and you said 
just do one hour a day, one hour a day to start working on that new business. And I was like, yeah, okay, an hour a day, I can do that. (laughs) And so I did. It really is my go-to. So when I finish my cards, whenever I get a creative sort of inspiration and I start a project and I go on to need to finish that project, I let myself um, really just play with it for a bit and then I get serious and I go, okay, it needs to be finished and I create a deadline in my mind and that deadline is realistic to half an hour or an hour a day. And, you know, this is when I was um, down south with some of my um, girlfriends from school and we were celebrating our 50th and they were all in the pool and I said, girls, I've got to leave you. I've got to go do my half an hour. You know, I've got a card to write and then I went off and did it and came back. And and I did that every day and I don't let myself not display that discipline if I if I've got something that I really need to complete. So, yeah, I find that habit of just applying a small amount of time each day is very effective in in getting you to uh, where you need to get to. It's so easy to procrastinate now as well. Like you pick up your phone, I'm one of those people that has all the tabs open on my laptop and I sit down to write a blog post or something and then I flick to the other tab, oh, I'll just see what flights are up to, broom coming up, you know, and then next minute... An hour or two's gone by and you've done nothing. Well, you booked a holiday. That's awesome. <laughs> I think we can. We might deviate here just for a second because one of my loves is feng shui and one of the things I find that everything is energy and energy is going into everything. So when you're looking at your computer and your tabs are all open, <laughs> that's a great symptom of the scatteredness. I'm sick. Yeah, and my daughter my daughter goes crazy at me because she says, Mom, it's okay, I've got all these tabs open. And I go, it really isn't <laughs> because all those tabs are all your energy go- and being scattered. I know, that is me. different areas. Oh, my gosh. So when I hop on the computer and I'm a nanny when it comes to the computer, I open up what I'm doing and I close it back down again. And I never get pulled into surfing the internet. I never get pulled into time wasting. Yeah. And I find that that is something that I would hope people listening would decide to take on as as a discipline because the time wasting is really creating a lot of ambition anxiety because you're not where it is you, you feel that you want to be and then that reflects back and creates fear and then the fear feeds into the ego which feeds into overwhelm and procrastination. Yeah, guilty. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. So shut those tabs down, ladies. Oh, my gosh. I've got like, I could look right now, probably 15 tabs over. (laughs) Um, Okay, but on that, which is something I really want to know, is is there a difference between fear and lack of confidence? What is the difference? Fear is an emotional state that once you're in creates a set of characteristics and ways of behaving, and a symptom or an outcome of that is going to be a lack of confidence. So fear, when you think about it itself, makes you want to huddle and and, uh, shut down. It limits you. When you're feeling love, you want to expand your hands and your arms out, and, you know, you suddenly become very, very open. And even just doing that, you can you feel the difference in your confidence. So fear is a state that gets you a lack of confidence. So as a guiding principle, you want to really be working with the concept of opening to love 
and releasing fear. And that is a journey that we all have to take personally to work out how that shows up for everyone individually. That makes sense because I know for me people, because I'm an extrovert and I'm loud and sometimes the class clown perhaps, (laughs) people think that I am super confident. So I get asked to, um, you know, MC weddings and talk at weddings and funerals and I get a bit like, why does everyone always ask me? And my husband is like, oh, you shut up. You love it. You love it. And I'm like, I actually don't. Um, I'm getting more comfortable with it, absolutely. I know the first time I spoke um, for you, Rowena, at the Flourish Centre, I was a nervous wreck and I could barely hold my glass of water. I was shaking so bad. But people assume that because I'm loud and extroverted, I'm very confident. And you just did a talk for us the other day and one of the ladies had been to one of your original talks and was in awe of how much you changed and how different it had become and how fantastic it was. Oh, that's nice. So well done. That was really good. (laughs) (laughs) It only took a couple of years. Now I don't shake. (laughs) (laughs) So your your mask personality is never... And it, uh, a good indication of who the person is underneath. And this is something that I've found working with people in their individual sessions is people's masks and know this about people is just their mask. It is not who they are. And people often run a lot more the same than different underneath that mask that everyone has insecurities everyone has fears everyone lacks confidence everyone feels you know not good enough you just have to remember that when you're talking with someone and you go to prejudge what you see on that surface and really there's one thing I would suggest from a very personal level and a professional level is try very hard not to judge because I find energetically and being very sensitive to that If I judge something, it'll come back to me very quickly and within a very short amount of time, I'm doing exactly the same thing of which I judge. So judging someone doesn't hurt them, judging someone hurts you. Yeah. Mm. And isn't it that thing that um, quite often people are on the inside the opposite of what do they put out on the outside? Definitely. Yeah. Because on the outside often uh, hooks in with their, their beliefs about themselves. No one likes me. You know, everyone thinks I'm, you know, this or that. And so they behave in a way that they get the response that, yeah. that they're expecting back and that's that feedback that you get from, um, you know, the outside world matches your core beliefs. But our core beliefs are often unconscious or subconscious So it's very important through the process of therapy and your journey of life and through self-awareness that you listen to yourself. You listen to what you're saying because it gives you a window into what you really believe to be true. So if you say, oh, it's really hard, then you have a belief sitting there that life is hard and that your journey is going to be a struggle and it's going to be difficult. And you can change that really easily with awareness through through the work that you know through energy psychology to, to to dissipate and dissolve those beliefs and it's something that um you know I've staked my life's work on in which to empower people is to get them more aware of what they're actually 
thinking and what they believe to be true and getting them to consciously change. And I think what you just said that was perfect, um, like this is the basis of this conversation, is that quite often, yeah, we're, we're blocked by fear or and that lack of confidence, but we don't realise yes. that that's what's stopping us. Yes. We don't realise. We've, we've created this scenario and it's subconscious, so we're completely unaware that, hang on a second, I'm actually shitting my pants about putting myself out there and what everyone's going to think but and you don't you don't you're not aware of that you don't have that self-awareness so I think what you just said then is just perfectly um wraps that up so uh, one of the things I think that you can look for without if you're if you don't feel that you're terribly self-aware around it is a great indicator is excuses (laughs) And hashtag no excuses yes and victimization yeah so when you're victimizing yourself and you're asking people to feel sorry for you and or you're using excuses that is a window to having fear and having blocks that are not allowing you to really bring out your the best of yourself and I know that the other day we had a conversation um because I'm making some changes, probably some big changes, hopefully, in my life. And I said, you know, I want to do this, but, oh, it's just, it's so hard because, and you said to me, I've heard you say it's so hard five times since you've sat down to speak to me. And I was like, wow, I have. And then going forward over the last week since I saw you, I've now noticed I keep saying that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I do keep saying that. And I I didn't even realise. So... So the universe will deliver that to you. It tries very (laughs) hard. It it actually doesn't try hard. It doesn't need to effort, but it it tries, it brings you back into alignment. But when you keep feeding to the universe, it's hard. It has to reflect that back to you. Yeah. Because the whole concept of the universe is to get you to learn and grow. So it has to have a feedback system and our feedback system is our life. So if you're doing something and it is really hard, you've either got to look at your uh, internal beliefs, or you've got a question whether it actually is the right thing for you. If it's meant to be, it happens easily. Absolutely. A wise woman once told me that too. <laughs> <laughs> I could quote you for days. <laughs> I don't need to be here. <laughs> I could have just spoken to myself. <laughs> so before we wrap this up, Rowena, can you please share with us? Uh, I think you've got three tips. Yes. Yes. On confidence. On confidence. And I'm hoping that this will sort of possibly change what you believe to be true about confidence. So first of all, confidence um, is not pervasive. So you might be really confident in one area of your life and then not be able to carry that confidence through to another area of your life. So you might be really fit and um, healthy and feel really good about your physical self and then be lacking confidence in your business life. And that's okay. So first of all, you you know, take the pressure off yourself and don't expect yourself to be confident in all things at all times. And this brings me on to the second point. Confidence isn't permanent. So if you're doing something every day, it will bring around a level of confidence. And then if you have a break for six months and you go back to it, don't expect yourself to be at that same level of confidence. It will take you time to get yourself back up to that level. So you need to be compassionate and gentle with yourself and understanding that it's a process. It's not black and white. Once I get confidence, it's a magic pill and it never goes away. It really does 
go away. So, you know, there are two things that you need to know about confidence. The third thing that I'd like everyone to know is it's possible. Whatever you set your intention on in creating confidence, it is easy to bring about if you know how to bring it about. So it's possible in any area of your life to gain confidence on. That's reassuring. (laughs) (laughs) I would like the magic pill you spoke about. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you so much. I know um, that you are soon to launch a course um, around building confidence. Did you want to tell us a little bit about that? Because I'm super excited. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, the course really covers the concepts of what I believe it takes to bring confidence about. So it's a um, 21-step confidence challenge and it really is about creating habits that form confidence over time and it allows you to look at lots of areas of your life. So what I mentioned earlier about setting an intention that would that is one of the steps because it is a habit that I do every single day. I create an intention for the day. So if my if my intention is to feel joy in that day, I can bet my bottom dollar at the, at the end of the day I'm like, oh wow, that was a really good day. And intention is very powerful and very strong uh, energy of the universe and very strong tool the universe uses. So it's just knowing what habits to create and to dedicate your um you know, precious time and energy and resources into doing. So the course highlights what I consider to be 21 really good habits to bring into your daily practice to bring about an internal sense of confidence. Absolutely, because I think, like you said, with the setting the intention, I I said to you last week I knew um, on Thursday I had a really busy day to give a talk. I had um, a couple of meetings that were really important so the night before, I had an early night. I didn't drink any wine, which was huge. Um, you know, and I was like, right, I need to be fresh tomorrow. I need to be on my A game. I need to be well presented because I get confidence from feeling comfortable in how I've dressed or done my hair that day. Um, so, and I woke up, you know, late in bed for a bit going, right, this is going to be a great day. It's going to go easy for me. I'm going to love it. I'm going to feel amazing at the end of the day and I can have that wine I didn't have last night. <laughs> but imagine if I did that every day. <laughs> yes. I'd feel bloody good. Why do I only save it for some days? <laughs> because you're just testing your limits of success and you're just starting out. And when a child starts to walk, we allow that child to fall down and to stumble and to have great fun with the walking. It doesn't tell itself off. It just has a go. And after a while, it's walking and then it's running. So we hold ourselves back in how much time we commit to, to certain behaviours. And, and this is where you get your addictions coming in with, you know, some people are addicted to exercise and it helps them it also can be negative in it that it takes up too much time if, if it gets out of hand, but that person's going to be a lot more confident with themselves by, you know, exercising every day and, and it's eating right every day and presenting yourself well every day. When you start dedicating every day to certain habits, you will your success rises exponentially. And that's when if you've got a, well, you know, I haven't, you know, got enough time 
to get to that spot, I'm like, well, just look at what you're doing because if you change your habits and you dedicate that time to doing it every day, you're going to see that success a lot sooner than if you allow yourself to play the ego game, which is, you know, hit and miss and not consistent. Oh, it's so true. And something I meant to mention earlier when we were talking about procrastinating and, you know, you fill up your time to avoid doing what you actually probably need to do, then you go to bed at night and you feel like shit about yourself because you're like, fuck, I wasted my day. I spent way too much time in all those open tabs. <laughs> Getting lost in the court. I drank the wine. <laughs> I shouldn't have drunk the wine. And you go to you go to bed at night and you beat yourself up and you feel like shit and that nothing good comes of that. So if we can learn to implement those habits, like you're saying, uh, and daily and regularly, then of course. <laughs> Yeah, and we're going to feel much better about ourselves, right? Absolutely, but it's staying away from perfectionism. Perfectionism won't get you where you Thank need to go. God. Yeah, in terms of your confidence, it's more horses for courses. So on Sunday, I don't see a lot of people. I spend a lot of time on my couch. I really have a down day, and there's no achieving on on that day. And that really allows me to re-energize and 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 start. Uh, really sort of effective week from from doing nothing so it's it's not about never having that wine or never having that down day or you know not being so overachieving that you're not enjoying yourself it's it's not about that it's really just working out what it is that you want to achieve and dedicating enough time energy and resources to it so that you achieve and if you haven't achieved what you want to achieve for the day you go to bed and you're grateful and you look at what you've actually achieved. And if you've sat on the couch, then you've had a good day sitting on the couch and you're happy. And I love peace, uh, being a liberant. I love peace. I love a sense of contentment. And I would just really implore everyone do that by the end of the day, no matter what you feel your day is, find a way to be peaceful and content with it. Awesome. <laughs> you've given us a lot of juice. <laughs> good session (laughs) um thank you so much for chatting with me i if anyone's interested in this confidence course i know i am and i've got about 50 other people i'll be sending that way uh you can jump on rowena's website it's rowenahaitley.com.au but i will pop that information in the show notes and thank you so much rowena thank you elsa absolute pleasure as always Thank you for listening to the Bossy Bitch Podcast. I am Elsa Mitchell and you can find me at elsamitchell.com.au or if you'd like to meet my friends, please head on over to Facebook and I invite you to join our free group, Bossy Bitch. Bossy Bitch.